housing. What is it? How do we kill it? <laughs> I mean, no. apparently our generation is killing it. I don't, I think our generation is killing many things from what I've heard. Not enough Not enough things. Not enough people. Um, oh, now, hey, you were trying to get me in trouble. Uh, Jesus, we're doing these all in groups. I, I want to say last episode, but who knows when these will come out. Yeah. Um, it's like a fucking Quentin Tarantino movie. Well, it's actually um, relevant. We're going to come back to some of your comments here in a second. So there's this. <laughs> all right. So you know how. Um, how do you feel about landlords? Let's just start here. How do you feel about landlords? How do I feel about what? La- Lords of the land. Landlords. So I feel like landlords often occupy uh, that niche of uh, petty bourgeoisie, which means like aspiring uh, oppressive fuckheads. Sometimes like they aspire some, I mean, to it. They're always petty, but sometimes, sometimes they're, they're not bourgeois. Pe- sometimes they're not petite. You feel me? No, sometimes, sometimes they are full bourgeois. Sometimes they are... Um, like companies right like bodies like not individuals right corporations are people my friend that's true um and you know i i could depending on my mood i can be of two minds about it where it's like they're engaging in this exploitative thing because of the conditioning of uh capitalism that uh sets us against each other and dehumanizes us but the the people I've seen so many instances on the internet of people like uh, uh, landlords defending themselves against the very true claims that they put an artificial scarcity or barrier on like a basic need and sort yeah. of make people jump through these financial hoops to be able to like have one of those basic needs. So I I don't care for them. I'll just start yeah. there. That's what I was um, getting to. Yeah. Uh, the and you know, I do think that there's a there's like people talk about oh you know they they have a role to play right they have a role to play and I think that there is a difference between like a big corporation and like uh, a family. I think that's an argument that, that people. Like, I think that's an I think that's an argument that people make who have a and I have these too, where sometimes I won't like some elements of capitalism are so fundamental to my to my thinking that. In my mind, if, if I strip everything down to fundamentals, there's certain things like that. So I think some people can't imagine how people can get access to things without an exchange of money, you know, without um, commodification. Um, sure. But that's what so, yeah. that was. It's interesting. We read uh, through an article in Aeon, uh, and I guess I should credit the author since I'm a. I'm a oh, human what being. What are what? you, a fucking... I don't know what I want to say. What are you, a fucking... I don't know. Uh, so the, this, uh, an Aeon magazine by Antonia Malchik. Um, and she uh, she's writing from Montana, but she writes about... Uh, or she writes about... A, she's from Montana, I should say. Uh, or her mm-hmm. family is fuck. Um, but she, it's kind of an endearing story that like her family, uh, kind of originates in this ranch in Montana and like the aesthetic might feel to some degree like, oh, we're going 
out to a rural rural area where people have certain political views, uh, particularly as it relates to like settler colonialism in the West. But that's right. really not where this goes. It, it immediately goes to, I mean, the article, it's more or less about um, private land ownership and why it's bad. But I think ultimately it's more centered on talking about discussing, quote unquote, the commons, you know? Right. Um. And I forget, but, that, but uh, that's but that's a, but that's a weird that's a weird conflict though because, like normally when you think of the commons, you think of, uh, you know, the land that that we need for for autonomy as individuals and to be able to do our own thing, being all sort of bought up and owned by uh, by by the wealthy. But nobody wants the land in Montana, so it's like maybe the black still... the Blackfoot Nation wanted the land in Montana. Uh, the oh, lights that man. went there wanted to land in Montana. I mean, honestly, that was like to me because the article I think was really well done, and I really appreciated like the the history that it discusses. It talks about the Magna Carta and its role in kind of the creation of not just certain democratic principles we might like, but also uh, private land ownership to some degree, um, yeah. and also um, what I had never heard of the Charter of the Tree, Charter of the Forest, was it? Do you remember? Um, no. The Charter of the Forest sounds right. Charter of the Forest, which basically uh, kind of guaranteed like grazing rights and uh, and it basically guaranteed the commons for common folk, which is much lesser known um, because obviously if 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 one were teaching about the history of Western civilization. Uh, at the end of the day, the, the end of the story is that everything becomes commodified. So there's no point in spending a lot of time on the charter of the forest, right? Yeah. Um, how did we get here? I feel like I, I, we were talking about something specific, and then I wanted. To I, I used about. to. It's it's weird. You, you talk about when you're learning about the history of like, you know, human civilization. That I used to. That's one. That was one of the hardest things about teaching in the Texas public school system, and I was, and I would imagine, just any public school system in the U.S. as a radical, is there so much more context I want to get when I'm teaching the lesson that. Oh, I mean, it's it's. I just really... can't because because like if some if it gets back to to someone's parents that I was bringing up like how pretty much all of our comfortable lives as white people is built on the exploitation at some point of Native Americans like. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think what's interesting is um, about that in particular. It's like from an educational standpoint, like you don't really teach the premise in school, right? Like because it's one thing like well, you could pick any number of subjects, but like you could start with like prisons. Prisons are just a thing that exists, right? Doesn't there, there isn't a historical trajectory to them really? It's just like they're they're just they're, this is a thing that happens and to people and it, they've always existed and to, uh, is what this kind of well, what the claim ends it's up be- being, especially now because especially now because of the primacy given to math and science like STEM courses, history has always been sort of um, in public school curriculum. There's a lot of like cookie cutter conveyor beltness. To yeah. it, uh, especially as class sizes have grown, uh, especially as the public schools have become run more and more like businesses. Uh, but yeah, the the curriculum is so stripped down, and it really is presented to you as like, okay, you have to get to these bullet points by this point. If you get to these bullet points by this yeah. point, like there's there's no broader like in the AP courses, you can talk to the kids a little bit more about it because they'll fuck around and ask you a follow up question. You know, they're not just trying to beat the clock. <laughs> they, you know, those nerds. 
Um, so that those are well, the ones that I first really of all, had to I feel be like careful. those kids are probably encouraged to ask such questions. You're probably they encouraged are. to answer such questions from AP students. Well, so what I would do is I would have a lot of my AP students, I would have writing prompts and AP. I don't uh, know if project. that's something common to everywhere. I don't know if that's just a Texas thing, but it's AP is like, advanced it, what, it, no, I think, I think advanced placement. I think that's common. Yeah. I think that's common. I think it's universal. Okay. I didn't know. Uh, All right. But, uh, so, so, um, they, uh, I would give projects and writing prompts that I would have an idea of the type of research they would need to do to accomplish this and they would run across information that I would want them to run across. That's how I would get, you know, radical, uh, not radical, but like historically accurate, sure. uh, information, uh, to them is by like, you know, you don't give them a project about how well, we screwed over the native Americans, but you give them projects yeah, where they'll, they'll yeah. have to read about that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that, I mean, that's, that's really interesting, but what I, yeah, I mean, it's really interesting in the sense that I think, um, you know, American history, the, the, uh, I mean, it, all right. So we'll start here. I mean, um, there was a recent like PragerU video, you know, how I love Prager university. It's my favorite university. Um, and it was basically about how slavery was good actually. Um, like, no, and, you know, that, no, that, that sounds like I'm, I'm being hyperbolic. It's more or less. Was it a black, was it a black person saying it? Um, you know, I don't recall because I didn't actually watch it recently. Um, but basically, the contention was that if you're saying that you that the forefathers, the founding fathers, I don't forefathers, I don't, but the 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 old white men that created this country were evil because they held slaves. Um, what you're actually saying is you wish you wish that there were no black people in the United States. Because if they, if you had gotten your way and there had been no slavery, ipso facto, we'd have a white ethno state. And I'm like, no, 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 bitch. <laughs> I, I, well, if I, I had but, my but, way, the the Nina, also, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria would have sunk into the ocean. So <laughs> I don't, I don't. So uh, so, so I, if I'm gonna say, <laughs> so so if I'm gonna say slavery is bad, and you're going to rephrase what I said back to me, I'm then going to do some more judo on you and say, so you're saying black people would have never been allowed here if unless they were slaves. So that's well, what I mean, we're all about. We're like, no, nope, okay then, no black people. It's well, slaves it's, or nothing. It's kind of, uh, I don't know, it's it's a weird way of, of thinking about... It's telling, he showed his hand, he showed his hand. Yeah, it's, it's weird to think about history in the sense of like... Uh, you know that like you're 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 not allowed to question the premises of history right but by saying that, yeah. that slavery is bad and therefore actually you are a racist or like because of well some, there's an element well, uh, well that's one of the favorite j- judo tricks of, of of the right is if you if you bring up if you bring up issues like how like the the over uh representation of african-americans in the prison system or their uh, how they're kept out of like uh, you know the the better jobs. It'll be like, oh, so you're saying no black people have good jobs? Sounds like you're a racist. And I'm like, I don't, no, it doesn't make you racist to look at the the facts of what our country does. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. They, I mean, they love the whole like. There's always an element of this of like destiny. Like it's always implied that that uh, history has a. Uh, almost divinely ordained like hey that's how it was that's how it was always gonna be there's no point in questioning it yeah 
Yeah. But I mean, in terms of like, like I mentioned prisons earlier, like prisons are just a fact. They're never actually discussed often in a historical context for most, most people's primary education. Like the question of why do prisons exist is not, or why does money exist or why do, why is it that um, some people are poor and some people aren't? Those aren't questions that you like. Honestly, I think it's because I really do think it's because a majority of people don't know about it because they don't know how the actual fact of the history of those institutions uh, of just you know money capitalism the prison system they are so wild and so uh, nakedly def- nefarious that i think people just don't I, I think they just don't know it's there you know it's it's hidden from us because it's so I mean, inco- I, yeah, it's, I think- it's so incongruous I mean, I think it kind of would necessarily lead one to like think about class struggle and class conflict. Um, but, but I think, you know, like, I think one thing people don't like a lot, not Marxist, but a lot of people that don't read Marx and have opinions about him, um, don't understand is that Marx was kind of excited, like appreciated capitalism's role as a system that came after feudalism. Right. And he and like, he, you know, he viewed that there are certain barbarisms having to do within capitalism, obviously, um, and that socialism being like uh, what he thought would be the next step in terms of human progress. Not that he thought progress was inevitable or that human nature, ex- he didn't believe in such things. But um, do you think he, his writings would have been different his philosophy would have been different if he would would have known how much of a of an entrenched global ideology uh uh, capitalism was going to become how much of a problem yeah i mean i think he, i think he i think he understood this i mean it, it's a it's a very totalizing thing and i i think that there i mean there are definitely blind spots but i think too. he did think it was going to be like a natural stepping stone like yeah i mean i think that if, given the the context of his life uh and the, the historical the, what was happening in europe i can imagine why it did feel like yeah um, okay you know things were changing pretty in the near future you know yeah um but um, anyway, what I want to talk about is is the private ownership of land because I think that you know in the same way that you don't learn about the commons, mm-hmm. um, it's a concept that I think we're all like cannot kind of agree on. Even like when you talk about like a public park, if someone if you if you walk your dog and you're going to the park and suddenly like so you're you, like it's like cordoned off and someone says my kid's having a birthday, no one can come into the park today. You'd be like, this park isn't yours, so like, yeah. But if, but if the, but if the the city does that, it's like, oh, understood. Um, yeah, I mean, I but, guess there. But are... then again, I again, that's one of the things that I think because we grow up in it. Like I know that it's not the default that just land is going to be owned, but I'm just so used to seeing a bit of land you know, in the middle of the desert in Arizona and being like, this, this desolate area is probably spoken for by someone. You probably just can't go out there and like, um, I mean, not really. I mean, kind of, there's, um, uh, there's kind of national, national land to some degree, right? Like, or I just go out there and like build a, well, no, you can't, you can't go out there and, and basically build something on it and say, this is mine now. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not like the the frontier, like where well, but where you, but a, I, a group but of whites decided is, that like, if you went out there and, and and built some sticks on top of the earth, and that that earth belonged to you. Uh, that that's. But that's what if I went out there? Is. What if I went out there and built a, a house and didn't say, "Hey, this is mine"? I was just like, "Hey, I'm I'm here now." 
I don't own it. Well, no, I, I I have no I have no idea I have no idea. It's a weird thought experiment. But what you can do, you can go out there and graze generally. And this was actually it's something they bring up in the article, Antonia. Um, but uh, the, you know, you remember the Bundys that like occupy like a a national park office because of, and basically the whole thing centered around the federal government telling them where 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 and when they could graze right their their cattle and. On the one hand, I think that there were enough Nazis present at these uh, these types of demonstrations to understand why um, there was a knee-jerk reaction from people like me to think like these people were reactionaries, because more or less they were. Um, but it's all at the same time, you can understand like the idea that like your cow isn't allowed to eat grass over here; they have to go over there, and you're, we're going to fine you or whatever. Um, yeah. Like that's not how things used to run, and there's there's a lot of interconnections there, whether it be industrialized agriculture or um, or any number of factors, and 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 the private ownership of land, obviously, but an enclosure. Um, of, I think of a lot what, of people don't. Maybe we should lay this out, and I, I may lay this at, at your foot at your feet. Do you want to like lay out just in the most simple terms, enclosure and the movement uh, from feudalism into um this idea of the commons and just sort of that basic the basic underlying theory of it like bullet pointed i mean i don't know if i can lay all that out but i mean you know it really the, is as simple as n- nobles and wealthy people in europe started buying up all the land well so that- the the magna carta basically enshrined that nobles couldn't have their land stripped of them by the king without without going through certain processes right and from there is where you get like certain forms of private ownership and then uh and, and we're, we're talking mostly in a western sense and and, mm-hmm. and we're going to be shitting on great britain a lot for that reason but like when when great britain invaded uh, Ireland or uh, any number of the places they invaded, a lot of the people didn't understand their relationship to the land to be one of private ownership. Right. Um, it, it, because and the main shift is about individual, like understanding the forest and the streams and the air as um, a common uh, use, for common use, but rather for individual use. Um, and like for, for most of human history, what would have been off limits, like there would have been a delineation, obviously, between the interior of your individual home. Like that, that's that's yours. And it would have been understood as a norm that like you should sort of have autonomy within there. But then the idea was that when you go outside, that's just sort of neutral. Like no one owns that. It's it's. Well, I mean, kind of. So um, in the article, Antonia talks about uh, uh, certain practices in Kyrgyzstan. Among the Kyrgyz peoples, is that mm-hmm. is that right that I'm saying that? Um, the Kyrgyz I'm, people, yeah. I'm very stupid, so if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But um, it's actually like, Kyrgyz. Thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that next time. <laughs> but um, like it, it talks about people belonging to like basically I'm not gonna call them tribes because that doesn't seem to be what they are, but like communities and and so like your community had like an understanding that this was like their area and they would and right. like you, this is where your, your people would graze and, um, and things like that. Um, and, and so there was a, there was a sense that these kind of spaces that were not for individual use were for common use. And that, right. that use was to some degree managed and planned. 
That's what I was getting. Um, that's what I was. Getting and I don't to. want to be anachronistic. I'm, these people were not communists, and we shouldn't understand them to be that way. But I do think that it, it's it's like um, I do think that human beings in general, as a as a part of our development, we used to be much more collective and and sure. cooperative than well, we, I, we, I, I think capitalism would otherwise lead us to believe. I I would imagine that in like the first like communities, the idea would have been that most land was communal. And you only have a little, your own little private area to yourself, just literally as much as you need. Well, like, it, like, it was kind of something that was that was um, established by custom, established well, and by also just basic. There's just the basics of human. You know, like there's certain things that we we want to be. You know, have privacy. Sometimes we want to like it very informalized. But it was like you you would only like default. The default would be communalism with a little bit of privacy. Now it's almost like the default is you should be trying, everyone should be trying to get as much land as they can. Like, why aren't you trying to accumulate more? Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, and then you, but like you think about where this originated and in, in terms of um, how humans interacted with the land, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and how, um, and how that process has changed over time and juxtapose that with an online discussion that you can find in our loving landlords on Reddit where they talk about um, land chads uh, and uh, extracting rent from rentoids. Um, no. Yeah, this can't be like an internet-wide lingo. This is like on some particular thread or something. It's right? a particular part of Reddit. It's a, on a Reddit page, right? Um, and on the one hand, it was kind of built as something to troll lefties like me and you. So I don't want to fall into that trap too much, but we're going to. We're going to. Sure. We're going to enter that trap um, right. because uh, it, but, it started but, out but apparently like as a way just- of. It seems like it's also a way of people who have the sh- same occupation to sort of have comrad- camaraderie in a sort of our job sucks sort of thing. You know, how, like people who are in uh, the hospitality industry, they'll get together and talk about how shitty customers are. Well, I, f- I feel like these people are on there talking about how shitty like tenants are, but that's got a very it's, different valency to it. It's more, it's more than that because there are definitely like kind of just general normal landlord uh, spaces like whether it's forums or probably someplace on Reddit. Um, oh, this, this one's one is purposely. A, this gotcha. one is this one originated as a place to basically troll um, our Chapo Trap House. The popular lefty podcast had a, a Reddit place where you know their their fans would talk, um, and, and eventually that got shut down. It had nothing to do with the actual podcast, but that's that's fine. I mean, it got shut down. I don't actually know why. It might have been a real fucked up thing. It might have been a great thing. I don't know. I, that's pretty I'm not, funny. That I'm not super probably, Reddit. <laughs> that's that's pretty funny that they they probably think they're really putting it to Chapo, but really the fact that they set up this little thread shows that like I think Chapo's winning. I think you guys are a little they're in your head a little bit. Well, I mean, so I think that's perfectly valid point. But I think that what's interesting is that it started out as like obvious, like we're just trying to make lefties mad and bait yeah. them. Yep. To like a, a sincere place where people like talk about um, their hatred for people that rent and how awesome it is to be a land chad. 
I mean, and, that's how it uh, starts, right? Like, if if you have people, like, I say this about comedians like Bill Burr, you always see people defending Bill Burr, and they're like, he says, you don't even know if he's believing what he said. He says things just to piss people off. And they say it like it's a, it's a noble thing, so you can't judge it. It's like, well, that fan base and the appeal that that has creates a space where people with those sincere beliefs can come exactly. in and be like, yes, exactly. I agree. And then what's Bill, what's Bill Burr going to do? He's not going to say, no, 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 I don't believe all that stuff. He's no, if it, if it was a, also, if it was a persona, he's never broken it. So, uh, there's like a, a page where they have like their, they explain their lingo. Cool. Um, so a land Chad is a landlord who stands up for himself or other landlords. Um, against who rentoids probably uh, a rentoid is a quote a, a bad tenant that you would evict in a heartbeat if it weren't for the rent and sometimes they're so annoying you'll evict them despite the rent um, can you imagine though thinking that you're standing up to your tenants like that's not how the flow of power works in that relationship <laughs> no not at all not at all uh, there is uh, th- and there's also rent sexual. This is a term to describe the arousal some landlords feel while evicting tenants and raising rent. Yeah, this is like they're getting into like troll porn at the, at this point. Like they're they're seeing how baroque they can ma- they can make their sure. shitty nonsense. Sure. However, no, no, there are, no. There are not people that go in there and say yes, thank you. Uh, um, I thought oh, I was the first only of all, one. I'm 100 percent sure there are, but there are oh 30, 37. Fo- 37,500 people that follow this channel and mm-hmm. that are that are that subscribe to this channel i should say um and uh they post all kinds of like nonsense quotes about uh how how amazing landlords are there are like kind of bad memes um uh that really aren't worth discussing but there's there's a culture of uh there, there's a culture of i've really just like frankly i don't know how else to put it other than like uh class antagonism but like from the top down right. you know um it's weird because their, their insecurities are actually making them be the types of horrible landlords that they would say don't exist or that they are not like they're, they're so insecure that they're like getting resentful now and like it's becoming sincere no, I think so. I think that there are, um, like, there are people, like, first of all, they refer to chapos as, like, I guess just people who don't like landlords, which is kind of funny. I think I feel like if I, if I were chapo trapos, I'd feel quite honored by such a, such a, such a designation. Well, I mean, it's but, just, it's just factual. The people at chapo probably don't, not, aren't fans of landlords. How did Chairman Mal feel, how did Chairman Mal feel about landlords? Uh, he didn't care for them. You should have said, I don't think it's recorded what he thought about. Yeah. There's a guy that, t- that took a picture of himself in his underwear. Um, and it's like, this is the last thing my Rentoids Funkos see when the Rentoid forgets to lock the door. And he's like stomping downward. So I guess he just goes in and, and breaks things. It seems, it, seems, it seems self-aware of the absurdity of that taxonomy. <laughs> Well, no, it seems it, well. It seems aware of it, but in a way that like feels like it has to embrace it in a certain way. Not unlike because this is what I was getting at earlier. Not unlike the way that some people on the left, including you, sometimes and me sometimes, not will make a joke about, and the punchline is that Greg Abbott and his family get get shot. You know, and uh, now, now, when did I don't remember doing that. 
Well, uh, well, I mean, I think that. Um, I remember last episode you were trying to insist that that's what I was talking about, but man, I swear, I was yeah. just ta- I was really talking about throwing flowers at them. Well, and like yeah, I said, in some I, cultures, no, it's I a know. sign of respect. I know, but here's the thing: um, I think um, I also I showed that recording to a lawyer friend of mine. Uh, did you really? Yeah. For, I kind of just wanted to to make him laugh at like how I was trying to like <laughs> get around saying something li- libelous. Is that libel? Would that be libel? Um, um, slander. Certainly, certainly well, libelous. Sl- yeah, I guess slander. Yeah. But I also on the like one percent chance because I don't. I mean, obviously, there's nothing in it that we, I, it could be used as evidence. I don't think they couldn't be like, yeah, but judge, come on, come on, though. You can, yeah. like, listen to the way he says flowers. No, I, what I mean is I think that in the same way, like, me and you don't actually, uh, you, know, you know, kind of think that people should be murdered. <laughs> but It's a bit of self-parody. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit of self-parody. But, all, but also I think that there are people who, like like we have done, we will make Chairman Mao jokes. When obviously yeah. we we disagree with some of Chairman Mao's. <laughs> Chairman Mao's well, uh, and, uh, and I think, though, to your point, we sometimes do that out of a frustration and a desire to go further with uh well, yeah i think sometimes it's the kind of thing you make a joke about something that is actually indefensible yeah and that's what i, I, I kind of, that's what because, i kind of hope that is because i think the landlord tenant relationship is indefensible yes i agree i i don't know that they know that though is the problem well the issue is once you start conceding that, then you have to start getting into all the relations that are around it. Like all, all the relations like, you know, boss, uh, worker, uh, landlord, tenant, like they're all part of the same system of, of capitalist exploitation. Yeah. And so I, th- and so I think you can't, ex- I don't think you can expect someone who's not willing, willing to explore the idea that maybe, capitalism is bad and the way we live is fundamentally bad you can't expect them to start pulling that thread i, th- I think because like they're, they're they don't see anything for themselves yeah. in it you know so i mean um i guess that bring we need to like i guess wrap it up soon but there was a really good article in the new york times by uh, Gianpaolo Bialki. i'm sorry about that h jacob carlson um uh, talking about social housing and basically it's uh it calls for the creation of a social housing development authority that um it would purchase quote-unquote distressed real estate um so uh, uh real estate that's being probably foreclosed on or uh things like that and would uh basically convert it into livable environmentally sound uh housing stock that would be transferred to public housing to nonprofits to community land trusts cooperatives etc um this is very good um i think this is it, a good idea it is very good and and that's that's sort of how the redistribution of anything you know uh the, that we you know want to get to in in a, in a socialist in the socialist utopia the way to do that is piecemeal by taking, I guess, the short term, the scraps of capitalism, the things that capitalism is sort of yeah. like, uh, there's a vacuum in capitalism. We're going to come in and take that and kind of like, um, you know, uh, if it, uh, how a union, when a, when a company is failing due to mismanagement, that's what I was thinking of, yeah. a union might take the over German that unions. company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we yeah. talked about in a previous episode. Maybe. I don't know what order we're releasing these in. 
Um, but, uh, or, um, or even like when the big banks start to fail, we nationalize them. Uh, right. I think that's a, a really coherent way of and what's moving funny towards is, more socialized economy. And what's funny is the stewards of capitalism, every, every time we do that, they're going to be like, you're going to take over those failed banks, whatever. Enjoy it, loser. No, I don't think they would. I think they'd panic. I think they'd absolute panic. Because do you, do you think they immediately see in that move that we've caught, that people have caught onto a loophole? Well, I think that it would establish, first of all, one of their one of the strongest arguments on the right is this notion that I think is false anyway that socialism never works, and that the more that you create like different like non market schemes that just function that just work and, and or highlight the ones that already exist, I think that it's it's a it preserves a real threat to the system in the same way that the Bank of North Dakota, the one state owned bank that we have in this country. Um, was uh, viciously fought by every other bank in the country, uh, was boycotted for decades before it just like the reality that it worked and could not be overcome. Uh, and, be- and, and, and in that sense, it became depoliticized. That was how they eventually won, right? Um, but um, I think that yeah. you establish facts on the ground, as it were. I It's always weird, the idea that socialism doesn't work. Like, I, I feel like so many people especially people on the right have this idea that uh, like how a system can work in the meantime and then start not working. Like it's not, you find the right system and you've won. Like, it's not like we have capitalism. Now we've crossed the finish line. Like history is currently unfolding. You can't say socialism doesn't work. It's like it does in some instances, especially when it's fostered and especially when it's not being destroyed by American imperialism and, well, it's yeah, and it's even like we talked about recently, and that has been a debate that goes back to Trotsky and and many others, is that like, can you have socialism in like one particular place? Right. Like, is, is issue, it yeah. is it possible that we like? Because some people debate whether or not China is or is not communist or socialist or whatever. Um, is Cuba socialist? Is X Y and is Venezuela socialist? I mean, the reality is that there are so many limitations imposed by the global system, the global neoliberal system. You can't that, have like, a market. There, you can't have an economy that's open to the world and right now the way our world currently is and be a, a fully like functioning communist system. Yeah. Because I mean and the reality is the the ultimately what I would want to see is something like like um you know and and Antonia talks about the tragedy of the commons. I uh, forget the dumbass that that wrote about this. It's a famous uh philosopher. Um, Alex Jones. No, I'm blanking on it right now. Garrett Hardin, um, uh, who wrote about the tragedy of the commons, and uh, and you know, it's it, first of all, I think that it's really easy to dispel that notion in general. But uh, you know, on the one hand, if what we had before was something quite unregulated but very small scale, and that was what re- to the degree it was regulated at all, the commons that is. It was re- re- regulated kind of ad hoc. It was regulated at the community level. I think that um, there was a dialogue. There was yeah. a, de- a democratic way of approaching it. 
I mean, how democratic it was. And infor- again, but we don't I- want to be informally. too an- an- anachronistic. But yeah, I mean, it was it was somewhat informal. Um, uh, and on the other hand, you have private ownership, which uh, encloses off these spaces and prevents people from using them at all. Right. Um, you know, the synthesis that we might get out of that is a more democratically managed co- system of commons. And part of that has to include um, thinking about housing because housing is, is – uh, inexorably tied to the land and the land is is fu- the fundamental part of the commons i think well and also you know we sort you sort of need a home base to live your life and do the basic functions of, of, of a human life and so is enclosure is that basically considered the birth of scarcity i.e demand yes absolutely i mean well the the commons you know uh, be, like um so garrett harden argued that you know if if the tragedy of the commons is that the um you know the the shepherd has an incentive to overgraze and there's nothing to stop him from doing that under a yeah. system of commons because uh, consumption becomes frantic at that point right because you're like holy shit i have to Get well, I, I mean, th- this is his argument, but in reality, this is not how shepherds would ever treat the commons. Right. The, the, yeah. the reality is that this individual notion of uh, I have to overgraze that way I can make the most amount of – I can sell the most amount of this commodity. Uh, that way I can, I can benefit myself as an individual is very much a product of our time of capitalism. It's not well, something that most of humanity like it practiced. You would, you, well, would you can imagine how being alienated from the thing you need for your livelihood wouldn't yeah. motivate you to energetically graze your hand. It'd probably be yeah. disheartening. The, and the reality down. is we overuse resources under capitalism, which is supposed to have incentives uh, in ter- uh, to, uh, that would prevent us from doing so. Um, you know, when you look at how, at how bad and just thoroughly corrupt like a modern American capitalist system is, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that after the initial seeds of capitalism were sown, we had to keep developing more and more toxic ways of living within it that have just built on top of itself as we've gone. Yeah. Um, Death to the land chads. You know, I'm just I'm just gonna say it. I don't believe in enclosure. It's weird that enclosure happened because the the nobility already had the entire upper hand over the people working. They, they were they were literally sitting up there in their literally their their uh, high t- ivory towers, being yeah, like, it, "Look it at them like, out there toiling like, in those right, fields." You can't you can't go out and forage for food. You have to pay me to go do that. You can't uh, take things out of the stream. You can't cut down trees to build things. You but how do you look at these people that. that you're that you're already exploiting? And say, how can I take away the last dregs of their autonomy? Like, how can I take something that they have free access to and make it to where they have to come through me to get it? Like, that's it's so fucked up. I don't know. It's. I mean, I think it, it's just an individual. Like, it was also probably driven by the noble, the nobility's competitions with each other to get all the land. Sure. Once once one noble starts doing this, you have to compete with them. Yeah. Um, but. Anyway, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, for future left, I'm Adam. Oh well, hold on. Do you, do you want, I think people should give to us on pay, on Patreon. Um, uh, yeah, if you want to be a rentoid for future left, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/futureleft and give us a few bucks a month. Um, and if you give us uh, money, you'll be a, a co-owner of the podcast. Don't fucking tell them that. <laughs> but don't worry, we won't make you sign any paperwork. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
any binding paperwork. So <laughs> that I don't know. Um, I don't. This, this this podcast is basically owned by no one. But anyway, um, yeah, help help us out. It means a lot to us um, on Future Left. Uh, and for Future Left, uh, I'm Adam Simpson. I'm a rentoid, and I'm Casey Rogers, the Grabloid. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye, everybody.